I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A crime he didn't commit. A police force out for blood. A judge bent on one man's destruction. In his time of need, a team came together to right the wrongs, to change the paths. If justice is blind, then they would take her hand and guide her through the darkness. And to do so, they created... A podcast? Are you being serious? They're not salutes, they're flipping radio DJs trying to make money from a new platform. Editing case notes together with a Neve preamp doesn't make you dick tracing. But fortunately you, dear listener, have made the right choice. Sod true crime, you're listening to Guitar Nerds, a podcast all about guitars. And hey, if you're still trying to find more podcast content that isn't about some semi-fabricated murder in the southern states, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Oh, we'll see you there. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Mark Packham. Hello there. And Jay Cross. Hello. And of course, Mark Packham, of course, you're amping up your uh, your your <clears throat> your slightly damaged vocal cords. Don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Packham. You're gonna spend this whole up. podcast whining about your I'm gonna damaged. Spend, I'm gonna spend most of this podcast being completely silent because Fantastic. feel that if I talk at my normal velocity uh-huh. and with normal yeah. uh, wit uh-huh. and knowledge that I usually yeah. uh, spill over mm. these undeserving spill. listeners, yeah. uh, then I'll lose my voice completely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, lose your I'm, mind. I'm struggling. Completely. Okay, okay. Well, in that case, let's start with Mark Packham. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. You, there's a reason. There's a really good music-related reason that you've lost your voice. Yeah, I um, I did a bit of recording yesterday. So went into the studio on Friday to uh, record a ten-track album in three days. Unbelievable! Which re- comparatively, you know, the the last thing I recorded was a seven-track album in ten days. Sure. I mean, there was a band in the other studio at the complex who were there for four weeks. Yeah, that's a good amount. That's the correct amount of time. I just get really bored because it spend honing. Your craft, like we boning your craft. We stayed at the. I mean, the studio is absolutely that. phenomenal. But the last thing that I'd want to do for four weeks is 
stay in a room with my bandmates eating like either going to restaurants to eat or eating like microwave meals i can't imagine doing that it was three days of that was more than enough i love that you're involved in music because it it, it's just everything about it seems to be like the thing that you hate most in life this uh, just even going to the studio and creating an album. I know I love the recording part. That's fine, but I wouldn't want to do it for a month. I like you know doing other stuff like seeing my mates and playing computer games and that. My but least favorite part, recording. Really, my absolutely least favorite part. You're, because the, you're the opposite. You, you, Mark, you prefer recording to live. And Jay, yeah. I assume the flamboyant front man that you are. Yeah, side side piece. I'm the side piece ah. now. Oh, uh, yeah, Danny G's the front man. I'm the I'm the side piece. Right. Um, I the the problem with um the problem with recording is there's sort of nowhere to hide and you can't really be like I was a bit pissed. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's just you know people listen to what you play. I do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like every time a couple of weeks before I go into the studio, I'm like, oh crikey, I better actually learn some of these bits and stop just sort of thrashing around. Yeah. <laughs> I did the classic uh, not writing the second verse to any of the songs <laughs> until the morning of so, vocal Wait, so any of, any of the... You recorded 10 songs? Yes. And you you only had one verse for yeah. 10... Yes. Yeah, yeah, always. And most of them, not even the first verse was finished. Oh. Um, just no one cares about that. People only care about the chorus. <laughs> so you've, you, you've just, spent ages writing this. Yeah, but I just like go... Bleh, 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 bleh. No one could tell the difference anyway, so it's fine. Sure. I mean, we've, we've done a gig with some of these songs that haven't had a second <laughs> verse so amazing it's fine okay so um so so talk me through uh, the gear you used the recording process it sounds well, like you actually used some pretty we never actually got to the gear. point of why my voice is so bad obviously oh, yeah, sorry, you know, we, we recorded a ton of stuff but yesterday yesterday i spent five hours doing vocals across the 10 songs oh. um which was pretty you did it all in one yeah all in one go and most of the songs just did in like a couple of takes straight through as well. Really? By the end of it, we're having to, you know, do, do bits line by line because I was struggling with my voice. What, but... you just do a double take line by line? Because that's, uh, that's how singers would normally do it. Yeah, no, no. What we did the first time around was just sing the whole song all the way through, <laughs> come back round. <laughs> that's not an album, that's a demo. Do that a couple of times and then pick the best one right. out of those. Okay. Um, but yeah, after that, we had to do a bit of line by line. Right. Um, so I think it's not how people record music these days, but Ooh. the end result is sounding real good. And Ooh, it did it did sound really good. It sounded great. It sounded great. It sounded exactly like what I expect one of your records to sound yeah, like. Yeah, it's garagey punk rock, yeah. I guess. Um, so uh, yeah, in terms of the gear... Um, I used on bass. Uh, I used a Fender Bassman 100T. I love Fender Bassman 100s. Now they, they, you were at a studio in, you were at the Ranch in Southampton. Southampton. Yeah, it's really good. There's a there's a Fender Bassman 100 at Brighton Electric, yep. which used to be mine, which I sold okay. to them, and it is uh, an absolutely fantastic amp with a matching 215 cab. Sounds great for guitar or bass. You can use it for either. Well, it sounded great, and then we um, we also recorded a DI at the same time, and then we ran that through some sort of plug-in, right. and that sounded probably a bit better. So what we did was <laughs> mix in a little bit of the Basement 100T, yeah. but mainly use the plug-in. I'm all up for that. I think um, I, I, you know, bass plugins have have sort of got good at a faster rate than guitars, or maybe basses are just more suited to. It's being, just easier, isn't it? Just easier to make a bass. I don't sound know good. if it's that. I think it's more that. And if also, you, if you're micing up, if you're micing up a 15-inch cone, I think you get loads of sort of flubby excess. Like a 15-inch cone is delivering so much. If you're micing up a specific point on a on on that, you're just going to say something about flubby excess. <laughs> 
flubby cone. I'll tell you, tell you what, <laughs> if, I was, if I was if I was staying there for a month and eating microwave meals and going to KFC, you I would definitely up, have some flubby excess. End up with the flub. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that was the base. Um, yeah, I mean, I think base is just... People just care less about bass, don't they? So, yeah, plugins are fine. That'll do. That's probably right, yeah. We're, you know, it goes so low in the mix that no one can really hear it anyway. Sure. For guitars, we did spend a bit more time trying a few bits out, and we settled actually on two amps that we bought with us. Uh, the first being a Marshall JMP 50 Master Volume. 1973? Was that the, That's the new one. That's Danny Grace's new one. No, no, it's a vintage one. Oh, no, no, I know it's, no, yeah, I know yeah, it's a vintage yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But Dan, Dan bought that's a, the one Dan was talking about. Yes, he, he bought it recently, but yeah. it is vintage. Old we, had, him. we had a whole discussion about we did. why should you It's like mid-70s. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember how mid-70s, it is. Mid-70s, 50 watt. Um, the concern was that we would get it there and it wouldn't work because Dan hadn't right. actually... He'd plugged it in quietly at home but hadn't... Uh, cranked it uh, and it sounded amazing one of the best guitar amps I've ever heard unbelievable in fact um, classic kind of martial you know a bit of mid-range but mainly it's that kind of top biting top right um, yeah. and box. it was it was great um, and then on the other side we used a Dan again Dan's amp 1974X combo um, which was good a little bit less open sounding a little bit more direct uh-huh. sounding uh, and the two kind of filled kind of the the sonic gaps ran them in tandem uh yeah yeah well kind of it's it, it wasn't running them in tandem it was two different guitar players um oh i see and they were doing their own thing on each one um right. but we recorded the drums bass and all the guitars live um and then just went back and fixed any bits that were a bit rubbish but pretty much including the solos everything on the record is live cool not the vocals I would have liked to have done that. Uh-huh. Basically, I just like to get it done as quickly as possible so I can <laughs> go like, home. Well, have go, a cup of go tea. home and or like over the course of two nights, we basically watched about four series of Peep Show. <laughs> so that's what I prefer doing. So Dan would have been using his custom shop Telecaster. Custom shop Tele, and then on the other side, a Les Paul Junior. Oh, was it your Les Paul Junior? Nope. No, no. Tim bought his own, uh, which is just a faded. 400 and something quid guitar. Mate, that sounds great fine. though. Yeah, perfect. Sounded really good. We bought, so the the full lineup of guitars that we bought with us was a uh, the Custom Tele, the uh-huh. Les Paul Jr., a Strat with a Humbucker, a 335, uh, SG with P90s, and that's about it, I think. Uh, and then we ended up not using any of those. We oh. just used the telly and the Les Paul Jr. Oh, that's cool. um, because that's what you need for punk rock. Why would you need more than that? Sure, sure. Good that, that you bought options. That sort of shows. Well, we were um, thinking like, oh, we try a few different guitars and stuff, and then we yeah. just plug the telly in, plug the Les Paul in. And it was like, this sounds absolutely perfect. Let's not mess around. Even for the solos, like I said, we recorded the solos live, so uh, we were like, oh, we should do solos on different guitar. And then we listened back to it, and we we're like, this sounds mega. We don't actually need to. Uh, don't need to redo any of that. The only thing that we actually didn't, the only thing that we struggled on was the vocals, and that was because I was doing two, uh, five hours of singing in a yeah. day. Starts to get to you. Yeah. I, uh, I also heard that Matt, the drummer, was struggling because he got his leg tattooed and it got infected. Yeah, that was... And then he couldn't put yeah, any weight yeah. on it. So the other thing about the drums, yes, that was a problem. Um, it was fine. He could push the hi-hats down, which is fine, and he could drive us there and back, which is the drummer's <laughs> most important job. Um but um, the funny thing was, so we set up set up the drum kit, spent ages like tuning it and, you know, the thing that takes the longest time when recording um, and like, you know, tuning the tom to be like, oh yeah. So I think we, we actually like worked out if we play in standard tuning, 
this, the engineer was like, if you play in standard tuning, I'll tune the drums to that. So they were like, I don't know what you do with drums. It's, you sort of like work out a rough pitch of the record and then you tune it so it like sounds nice with the, the tuning of the guitars and stuff. And he was tuning this tom for ages, probably about 20 minutes, half an hour or something. And um, then when we went back and listened to the recordings to like cut uh, like the noise out, you know when you like cut the noise either side of a drum hit, we worked out that across the 10 songs and um, across the, whatever it is, 25 <laughs> minutes of music, I know where this is going. the tom, either of the toms were only used 22 times. <laughs> and some of that, in one song, there was three appearances of a kind of little tom roll. So with it, and the tom was hit like five times in each of those rolls. So that accounts for like 15 <laughs> of the 22. And that's in one song. And then the rest, whatever that is, Great. the six. seven, six... Seven? I'm, seven. How many do you say? Twenty-one or twenty-two? Twenty-two. I mean, yes. Yeah, seven. I'm into a minimal drummer. I know drummers that don't don't use a lot. Well, we just sort of told him just because, like, the more you do with drum fills and that, the more likely you'll mess up, and then you just got to record it again, <laughs> haven't you? So just like if you just don't do them, easy. Uh-huh. Yeah, just, then you can record it quicker. I I imagine that is one way to look at the the making of music. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm all about. I'm about. How quickly can you record stuff? Mm-hmm. We've got 10 more songs. So we recorded 10. Uh-huh. We've got 10 more written. I think we're going to go back in three months and re- do another 10. Are you releasing these together or separately? No, they'll be separate. Right. Two really? Out, you two albums, do an- it? Another one? Yeah. Have you got the songs written yeah. already? Well, well, we haven't rehearsed them, so three months would be a stretch. But within a year, we'll do another 10 songs. Oh, that is uh, amazing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not looking forward to listening to it, but I will listen oh, to it great. nonetheless. Jay Cross, you bought some new gear this week. I did. I um, I bought a new amp. You know, living here in uh, you, urban, you bought s- suburban, suburban Portslade uh-huh. here in this. You know, just on the outskirts don't, of Brighton. Don't tell them where you live. Uh, in suburban d- d- uh, Wiltshire. Oh yes, yeah. That's better. We're, we're Stonehenge. Uh-huh. That's where I live. Um, you know, just you know, lots of houses. I've got a bit of privacy, but not too much. So I wanted something, you know, nice and small and convenient to play at home. Of course, uh, so of course I bought a uh, an eight by ten Ampeg bass cab, <laughs> uh, which only just fit in my car. I can't so, believe I can't believe it fit in a car. I know. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dan Grace, friend of the podcast, um, who we've talked about a lot already today. He sent me a link to a uh, this this Ampeg that was going a fairly reasonable price on Facebook Marketplace, and uh, I I thought, I thought there's just no way there's no I, I don't need this I don't need but it was a very good deal right. it was the cheapest I've ever seen one right uh, it was so it was a very good deal yes I've and seen it, how much it, it looked very cool because it's all beat up right um, and it was located between my house and work <laughs> oh it was meant to be so uh i uh i sent the geezer a text and said i and yeah i was like is this available can i come pick it up now on my way to work and uh he lived in brighton as well so he had to get in his car and drive down but yeah got it picked it up and uh i've not plugged it in yet because i've no idea when i would be able to plug this in <laughs> Without it, <laughs> you know the people that live downstairs have got a have got a young child and oh, a dog, God. and I'm just. Oh, I like, hope they didn't see you coming in with it. Well, yeah. So, um, but yeah, me and the the geezer who I bought it from, he didn't think it was going to fit in the car, but I was like, no, it's fine. I've googled 
it fits in a fiesta it'll be okay <laughs> and uh and even when we got down there i was like oh, i don't think this I, I brought some cape um some bungees just in case i needed to like bungee the boot shut but uh but yeah i got got it back i tell you what owning that it feels it feels bloody good to own an oh, yeah. 8 by 10 yeah. it feels really good it's so impractical I, i've no idea when i'm going to use it like i said to dan that the band that we do is going to have to book a tour because that's the only it. way I can justify yeah. having it. Yeah, Isn't your drummer like permanently not around? Yeah. Touring with another band. Yeah, <laughs> and like me and Dan both were working all the time. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be difficult. But I, I'm almost certain you will never use that cap. I'm also almost certain I will never use it. And if I have to sell it, then I have to sell it. Well, but, think um, about me when you do. It's Actually, very, I own too many. It's really exciting. It is like every time I walk past it when I'm on my way out of the house, I'm like, this is great. Oh. Look at that. Look at the size of that thing. It's almost as tall as me. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it's taller I, than me. When, yeah, when I, when I got it, I uh, I I wanted to take some you know self indulgent self indulgent photos of it. Yeah, and it uh, the only way, I, so I asked uh, my girlfriend uh, to come and take a photo of me sitting on it. And the only way that she could get me and the amp in the photo was to literally lie on the floor and angle the phone up and she couldn't even look at the phone while she was taking the picture uh but yeah it, it looks amazing so fingers crossed it works eh that's uh that'll be good fingers crossed yeah. it's quite dog-eared yes it's, and it's had it's some seen, additional handles did you not even test it, it when you went to pick it up it was in a lockup it was yeah. in a lockup in horsham like there not was really much no, you can do no so the geezer, he, like, we had a bunch of um, mutual friends on Facebook and I said, look, if it doesn't work, I'm going to have to give you a shout. And he said, it works, but yeah, that's fine. No worries. So oh, cool. he seemed like a trustworthy fella. So let's see what happens. Oh, sweet. Well, yes. Welcome to... Well, actually, I've never owned an 8x10. I oh, have you, have you not? No. I think I've always owned smaller things. I like 15s. So I've always owned two 15s, like yeah. two separate 15s. Oh, Is that what I you've got? What's, what's your Ampeg? I don't have an Ampeg. No, uh, sorry, you're uh, Ashdown. Yeah, they're both. Oh, I, bet, I bet they hate when people make that mistake. <laughs> and I bet it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're so the Ashdown do their custom shop, um, and they had so it, I got them. I got them on a deal because they had two pre-made um, classic four tens. Their chassis for their classic four ten. Yeah, and so I just asked them if they could stick. F- a 15 in each of the chassis um, instead of instead of four tens in both. And then I'd take both. And they said, yeah, that's fine. So, so you've I've got, got two 15-inch speakers mounted in so cabs big enough to hold four 10-inch speakers. Yes. So I've got two 15, but it's the... Two single 15s. Yeah, but it's the size it is of an 810, I guess, together. No, yeah. that would be big. That would be bigger. They're probably bigger. Yeah, yeah. they're bigger. Why do you need that? Ah, uh, my band asks me that often. Yes, because um, I I have started just bringing one fifteen to shows. Because to be honest, I really like the sound of one fifteen. Yeah, I actually kind of prefer it. It's it's a bit more tameable. That's my favourite bass amp uh, comp speaker configuration. What? What's that? Single fifteen. Really? Yeah, just yeah. a single fifteen. And I mean, think about it. an Ampeg B fifteen. That you know, those are that is the studio recording bass amps. Yeah industry standard on more records than probably any other amplifier ever to be made yeah it's also the um the amp model that i use on my helix now just a 115 no the uh, b15 oh right okay that's what you mean i turned my head into a b15 uh i went to i went to a show this week uh this weekend and i it was like a kind of like hardcore metal show i guess 
And um, the the backline was, and this is going to sound like I'm going to sound like such a such a wang here, but the backline was no, nothing different there. Was two four by twelves and a four by ten bass cab. Right. And it's been so long since I've been to a show where bands are using four by twelves and a you know like a proper bass cab. Uh-huh. Wait, uh, wait, it, wait, what do you mean? Why has it been so long? Because people use combo, like at punk shows and stuff. People use combos, guitar combos, yeah, hot yeah, rod yeah. hot rod deluxe or AC fifteen or AC thirty or I find, I find or like a Marshall two twelve or something like that. Right. You know, you very rarely see a single four twelve, let alone really? two four twelves, let alone. And usually, if you do like at punk shows, at the sort of shows we go to anyway, if you do, if a band does have a four by twelve. It's got an orange tiny terror on top of it. Yeah. You know. I think they did the rounds in every genre, the the tiny terrors. But I find this is, I've always found really interesting, like the different back lines you see from genre to genre. Well, but but this, so this sounded, uh, it sounded amazing. And the band that I was there to see, my mate's band, the, I think one guitarist was using a 5150 and the other, I think, was using a dual rec. Right. And honestly, the amount of air that was moving in that room, it sounded (laughs) so so good and like it felt so good there's there's, yeah it's yeah having lots of speakers is is always you know fantastic when you're in small venues like i always found it because that is kind of i don't suppose 412 so much anymore most people are it's everyone in in like math rock uses orange 212s yeah and everyone's now switching to getting the vertical ones because everyone just used to put them on their side anyway um so it's always orange orange 212s and and then the bass cab is is and I guess there isn't really a sort of standard bass cab that you see around. Because those, or, those orange uh, 410s are really expensive. Expensive, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I guess oh, you see old Ampeg 410s And they're really a lot. deep as well. Mm. That's they're, the thing that I always... They weigh a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were a bit of a, a nightmare. But you see some. There's not really a standard, I guess, for bass players. But for guitars, everyone has orange 212s. There's a little variance in heads, but mostly, yeah. most people are using orange. And it's always 212s. And when Tim moved to playing two katanas two katana combos it's almost it's caused problems because whoever's headlining you just assume is gonna have backline a couple of 212 caps because yeah. every band that does this does and all of a sudden he's like yeah we, we can't do backline anymore because it's just nothing worse than combos. a headliner that doesn't bring caps i know oh, i know. know yeah well do you let people use your of course yeah you let people use katanas they're, yeah they're welcome to all yeah. of our gear yeah that's you know i guess you Thing like everyone's using loads of pedal boards anyway, so oh, yeah, just exactly. plug it into the clean katana and then. Well, this is it. Tim doesn't. Tim goes in through the effects <laughs> return now, doesn't he? He doesn't go in through the front of it. What preamp pedal is he using? He uses a Helix now. Oh God! Did, did we not? Did we not talk? We about did. This? We have yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. this. I just forgot. I just blocked yeah, it there out. You go. Nothing against the is Helix, the, but is that the katana's Helix? Or is it a uh, one that you? No, bought? it's 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 his own one. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm you're using the katana's the, one. Using right, the katana's okay. Helix. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, just going back to the show that I was at, yeah. there was two 412s there, um, but I, I, I did kind of like stand there feeling a bit smug, thinking, you know, I'd make this sound better if that was an 8x10, you know, because <laughs> it's just a puny 4x10. So, uh, yeah, I felt I felt pretty good about that. In your sort of semi-defunct band, what are the heads that are being... Semi-defunct. Well, if the drummer's not available. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's, he's just... We're all just very... We're all just, you know, we're grown-ups. We've got real jobs. Right. It's, you know, it's yeah. difficult yeah. to... Tunnel just, like, have the every day off to work on guitar nerd yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, or work you know. in a practice studio, whatever it is that Chris does. 
I know oh, he, yeah, the rest yeah. of his band have got proper jobs. He's the only one that's no, a no, slacker. No, 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 they don't. Or, the the guitarist know, is a handyman. Be a dad, the, uh, like, yeah. like Tim. Yeah, Tim. Tim's like a, a part-time handyman, part-time dad. And the, uh, Does the, he have to buy like, left-handed hammers engineer. and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of it. He's <laughs> a left-handed, left-handed screwdriver. <laughs> no, he just uses them upside down. Right. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. What, he hangs upside down? Yeah, yeah He's that's, got like... <laughs> uh, that's, that's how it works. Um, uh, what heads that? Well, so Danny G, obviously playing, he's got... Oh, because he's in both bands. Now got uh, oh. Marshall. Um, so he used the same setup for both bands? I mean, well, we I mean, he only just he doesn't the do gigs with them, and he doesn't do gigs with us. So, so oh, right. yes. <laughs> uh, well, we've done we've done two shows, and for both shows that he both shows he took his 1974X, I think, uh-huh. which sounded great. And the other guitar player has got a, uh, I mean, take a guess. Uh, oh, a JCM 800. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, actually, I don't think it. it what's Dan got? It's not a JCM uh, JMP. JMP, that's what Lee's got. Oh, They've right. basically got the same amp. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's... What are you using for bass? Or do you just borrow Mark's... I've got Mark's <laughs> Mark bass. <laughs> Mark bass, Series 1, yes. when they weighed a ton and actually sounded but good. But now, now that I've got this uh, 8x10, I have been thinking about maybe, can I justify buying a super bassman? <laughs> Oh one the 300 goodness. watt ones to never play no it. no no just get the 100 watt it will sound better for punk it will drive at a lower volume You'll yeah that. I know they're but... also heavier and less reliable what are the 100s because the 100s are all valve yeah and the 300s are not all valve yes they, yes, are. they are are they yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, thinking okay. there's a 500 which, which is, is like class D power amp or something yes with a, a valve preamp and right, it's just yeah. a this, that's what I was thinking I really dislike this like mm, you know valve preamp it's like you've put a 12ax7 at the front of a digital amplifier it's not it's not part valve I bet it still sounds great though. they do yeah, sound they great do, yeah, they, they do, do sound, sound really great I, I really no, the, love the, the super, 100 watt one I the super basement is just it's just it's so but it's you, so expensive you don't need anything more than that 100 that I used the other day if you ever yeah, I know, so but, loud. but but like it looks well good if you ever want to use yeah. the Ashdown CTM 300 Joe, I have up. I mean oh, I'm kidding. Just, aren't, they <laughs> the, aren't they in the same box the 100 and the 300. No, no the 300 no. is in uh, is like it's, much it's in an enormous box. Oh, right, okay. The 300 is like a big sort of ampeg yeah. box, whereas the 100 looks like the old what's the size basement of the, what's 100. What's the size of the Ashdown? They're really narrow and deep. The, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's, like two, it's, it's two person lift. Two person lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I am into the idea of that. Ten valves. Ten valves. How? That's too much. That's too many. This this is why it's too much valves. They, they, that's they, as many. There's as many valves in that amp as Mark just recorded songs for his album. <laughs> yeah. Well, this that's the problem I have because Ashdown have sort of loaned me that to like be seen using it, and I'm like, if I take this to a show or a tour, the chances of of like ten valves going over the course of a tour is surely so high. Like, I don't think so. I think I think that's probably Joe's just like fear. loading it out after he's had twenty pints. I suppose, no, yeah. Ten valves, ten pints. Yeah, true. True. Because two I, I have to take. I have to take the ABM six hundred with me if I take the CTM three hundred, and then what, it's just like, in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like this. I could just not take the. Yeah, just take the ABM. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, 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 exactly. Oh well. Anyway, um, we should uh, we should have a chat about um, before we go into the news because there's a bit to talk about in the news. Uh, we should check out what's in our mailbag. Mailbag. So first up this week, you don't um, give yourself much room to play with there, do you? No, it's actually better if I don't because I can I can cut sharper to sort of either side of the speech and move it rather than having to just cut and then remove the dead airspace. It just doesn't make any sense for me to actually leave a 
real life gap. It's not like I pop it over the gap. I still have to. Anyway, you could have just said, "Yeah, yeah." I should yeah. have. I yeah. should have. Just I'm not. Said I'm that. not. I, I, you, we pay you to take care of the technicalities, mate. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, um, Mark. Last week, you uh, you went to see our our friend Russ from Eastman Guitars. I and, did. Uh, and I went up. to I went to collect a uh, new SB56, uh, which is Eastman's, I guess. Les Paul or LP style guitar. Um, Good save there, that one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh, Eastman's, um, I guess, solid body range um, consists of SB being the uh, yes SB solid bodies uh, consists of I guess kind of Les Pauly style guitars. Although the shape is slightly different, got a slightly more rounded off kind of horn, um, and the overall uh, body shape is slightly different. And they do do a few models in that range because they do an antique varnish varnish yep. a nitrocellulose and now a vintage nitro as well yes and these are i guess in the uh sp58 are they called sorry sp59 what um, what's an sp59 that's the, that's the humbucker version which is which is just the standard nitro and then the vintage nitro is the 56 and 57 which is a a p90 and a humbucker perspectively a gold top p90 which is what we've received the 56 and the 57 is a black with gold humbuckers yes very tasty you're right sorry yeah just uh i didn't quite realize that about the range so yeah the the 56 is based on like a 56 gold top it's a yeah. gold top with p90s um and i was very very impressed so price wise they come in at uh what are they 1750 pounds mm. something like that 1750 pounds yeah and for that you are getting kind of gibson custom shop uh type feel yeah um, absolutely you know which is important to note because at that price they are level with the um oh no i'm not going to be able to na- name the range the classic something like that it's either the cl- yeah i think the, the classic, classic yeah which is quite a similar looking instrument but certainly quality wise up close this eastman is very different yeah i mean i guess i guess the things to to point out are obviously you know it's it's nitro finish um and quite crucially fingerboard ebony um and it you know it just felt great um I, I we've talked about it on the podcast before. I tried some Eastman when they were first available at GAC, and I wasn't blown away. I just didn't really get what people were kind of going on about. And I think it was just that I didn't really connect with the kind of big body jazz guitars that they do. And right. having played them since, I'm still not a huge fan. But the Les Pauls and the kind of three three five style guitars are unbelievable for the money. These uh, Les Pauls. Absolutely fantastic. Obviously, they're you know they're seventeen fifty, so they are they're not cheap. Um, but for what you get, they are very very affordable. Yeah, I thought I thought this was amazing. Yeah, really, really, really fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it really because I mean I I borrowed it for just a few days, and um, I it just it felt amazing. It sounded great. It it looked quality. It was yeah, really 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 yeah. took me by surprise. And again, like Mark, I. I don't think the I've n I wasn't a huge fan of the uh the the hollow body stuff, the the three three fives either. I didn't really get. But this I thought was just a cut above. Really, really fantastic. It is fantastic. I love a Les Paul with P nineties. I just like mahogany yep. guitars with P nineties. They always sound so great. There's a tiny bit of us demoing this guitar because it's what I played for all the uh the little countdown snippets in our last YouTube video. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought that sounded like a P90. Oh, there you go. Number two. Yeah, I didn't say that. I did record those and then abandoned the idea Probably of for the having best. that and just had 
quirky little I'm, su- I'm surprised we've had, we've had nothing but great feedback about those on the original YouTube video uh, that's so. the thing that's the thing is people hate them so much I'm really surprised you didn't keep them in I, 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 yeah well I recorded new ones and I made them really elaborate I'm exactly like, yeah yeah I yeah. did them I did them like echoing I like I, I double tracked my vocal did one like an octave down and I was I like, think you, I was I, like these are gonna really annoy people that's and the thing I like, like oh, I think you should have no. just let like you should just even just get the original ones it's just Mark like trying to do a deep voice <laughs> number two couldn't, I definitely couldn't do that today. <laughs> anyway, um, this uh, this this fifty six went absolute cracker. Yeah, yeah, really good. And do you know what? I've got some friends who are kind of like after Gibson style guitars at the moment. Um, and there's, I'm really trying to convince them on Eastman stuff. I remember we spoke about this in the yeah, podcast, yeah. and they they said, you know, it's got to have Gibson on the headstone. That is always the thing, and it's always what Eastman are going to come up going to come up against. But I just feel with Eastman, people just need to play them. You know, I'm I'm in a position at the moment where I've got my ES175, which I love. Yeah. But I am very aware that I could sell it and buy the Eastman version of a 175 and this. Yeah, I mean that, but that's always going to be the thing. I mean, yeah. Eastman need to make guitars that are, you know, twice as good and half the price. Of course, you always yeah. if you want to go up against yeah. one of the biggest guitar companies yeah, yeah. in the world, that is always. But I tell you what, I was, I was really surprised when I was looking up info on that Eastman when I had it here. I, they're in a lot of shops now in yeah. the in the yeah. UK at least. They're in they're in a lot of of big name shops. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, they're obviously they're obviously doing something right. Yeah. Like I said, when I was doing a tour of some London shops and uh, we went to Ivor Morantz, which yeah. is the, um, the kind of jazz specialist. Sorry, the... Uh, the jazz specialist. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, they were raving about Eastman uh, and they were saying that, you know, in terms of kind of semi-affordable um, arch tops... That's yeah. the place to um, to look. That's what they're pointing all customers towards. So they do um, they do a deep bodied, no cutaway, um, sort of like a James Bay, but really deep with a P ninety at the neck that I yeah really like the look of in sort of an antique varnish. I could get that. Oh, the one to look at is the T sixty four, which is their uh, casino or three thirty. Yeah, um, it's very good uh, analog and yeah, amazing. And the thing about the three three five style guitars is they're no money. They're like ten nine nine, yeah, which is <laughs> so, so cheap good. compared to what else is available. Yeah, um, and they're really good. And they do like some vintage finishes, but they also do some like more kind of like flamey things if you want them as well. It's not really for me, but um, no, things, I, I'm so into like the black of, and the cherry are really good. I just like that hand rubbed, that vintage lacquery, that violiny finish. Oh, yeah, I could yeah go for some of that. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that you said hand rubbed and then went a bit weird made me oh, just like feel nah, very I, I liked it very much. Speaking of things that are a little bit weird, we also received a new pedal from uh, Mad Professor, who um, who what did we? The last thing we got from them was the Sweet Honey Drive, um, which was uh, an, in, in a very good drive pedal that I think me and Matt were a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember really what it sounded like. Oh, it was, it that was, was a few years ago, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was probably probably a couple of years ago. But yes, we have uh, we have now just received the brand new Mad Professor Double Moon, um, which me and um, Jay were trying out earlier whilst Mark was complaining about his voice. And it's uh, it's a fantastic sort of uh, <laughs> it's a fantastic. I don't know why I'm picking it up. This is audio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh look at this! Oh wait, <laughs> can you hear? Um, yeah, it's a really good sort of multi-purpose modulation pedal. And I kind of hate using that phrase because, you know, when you get, whenever people do sort of like, here's all your modulation in one box, it's like, 
Yeah. So it's it's like if you do that, it means you're making a modulation pedal for people who don't like modulation because it's for people who don't want to assign the pedal board real estate. They don't want to, five modulation yeah. pedals. They want one. Whereas someone like me who loves modulation is going to want to assign all of their space to it. But this is actually a selection of very, very high quality um, different types of modulation. But also I really like that they're actually only subtly different. It's really it's about nuances. Yeah, I mean, we, we went through and tried them all. So you've got uh, in this, you've got three choruses, three... Um, Dimension we'll call choruses. double choruses, double choruses, du- yeah, double yeah. choruses, double choruses for this, yeah. you know, for the sake of uh, our mate who, who's not here to defend himself. It's not um, dimension, is it? It's chorus ensemble. It's, it's no, well, no, they one call of it them... DC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's and, and it's very much if you okay, read fine. the write up, they've worded it very carefully. Okay. It stands for double chorus, guys. Come yeah, on. Okay. Fine. Um, then you've got uh, F one, which makes you sound like Lewis Hamilton. Then you've got F two, which I think is a flanger. Then DF which is double flanger FC, which is flanger and chorus. Uh, chorus. And then V, which is vibrato. And um, so Joe and I went through and tried them all. And I found it very, actually not having the ear for modulation. Yes. Uh, Joe just about kept his eyes from rolling backwards into his head whilst looking at me there, which was very nice of him. Thank you. Uh, I found it quite difficult to distinguish between the first six sounds. I mean, th- there was obviously a difference mm. in terms of kind of the um, how dark sounding they were and stuff i mean that's the, how i can uh, and, and i guess the speed also but well, there was, is the speed control it. But like, a lot of it was the was the rate yeah like you know you, you, so there, there wasn't going to be a lot of it it was essentially the chorus ones the first three chorus ones basically give you longer or shorter controls um on the of of the speed of the chorus um, sorry, we're just looking for the the manual. So yeah, well, well done for yeah, breaking sorry. the fourth wall, though. I know, I was but trying I, to keep it. Uh, You've I lost the manual already, haven't you? No, yeah, the I was just trying to, because there was one in particular, I think it was the second of the main choruses, was the one that I liked, and it was it was, it was was called something like classy, classic and dreamy chorus sound. Oh, and the third one was, they call it a tasteful, smooth chorus. And I, I thought that f- sounded really good. They do say that it can produce a faux Leslie's tone at a faster setting. And Which I, I started doing that. And you I guys weren't into I that. I didn't really like that. No. But the um, I thought that the like just the standard chorus sound I thought was really nice. Yeah. Um, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. 
But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The DC, I thought, was, you know, okay. Flanger, I just don't really know what to do with I, it. I really so the, the it. So the difference between the two flanges are you've got in F1, you've got a short delay time, and in F2, you've got a longer delay time. Which is great because you can slow that right down and get those sort of, uh, that, that like tape manipulation sound, which is Yeah, cool. you, I mean, you were saying that you thought that this stood up kind of to the deco. Which well, I, I think thought is was a really strong alternative. It, I think the thing is, though, is the deco is kind of, but this is far more an effect, whereas the deco, I think, traditionally has been used more as like a preamp. It's a nuance pedal. Yeah, the deco is. But the, the reason that I drew similarity was, was the way, because the, the thing is that the way that you're controlling the different types of effect, it's not like you're, it's not like a big switch where you're going, now I'm on the vibrato effects. It's kind of, a, it's a rotary that's just got markers along it. So yeah. you're, you're just scrolling through and that's exactly how the deco works as well. Because the deco, you know, you, you rotate the deco around it. At one end, you've got like tight flange, turn turn the control the whole way around and you've got like a slapback delay sort of thing. Yeah. So it's it's that sort of manipulation of how that, you know, one chip is 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 creating the effect. But, I thought this was a super cool pedal. I, th- I thought it sounded great. Uh, it is not cheap, though. Oh, how much is it? I wondered why you were making that face. 249 249 yeah. Wow. So, so it's £50 more than a Deco. Uh, not a, according no. to Google no? Shopping right now. Oh, no. how much is a Deco? Uh, 270 280 Oh, really? Oh, crikey. Yeah, yeah. I thought so they were cheaper than that. They, well, they were when they first came out. Oh, I see. But, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's not fair to, you know, judge it up like that. I think that. they're doing very different things. They to be are honest. doing very different things. And quite unlike you, Joe, this is exactly the sort of um modulation pedal that I'm into because very rarely am I going to need loads of different yeah, I don't need yeah, of a ton of different things. Uh so yeah, I, I yeah, I thought it sounded good. Thought it sounded cool. Yeah. It's it's a high quality multi modulation pedal. I think yeah. that's what probably is going to separate it from the rest of its How many how many different effects can you have on at once with a Mobius? You can only have one on, can't you? You can't assign multiples. Ooh, I don't know. I've not ever used one. I don't think really? I've ever used a Mobius. No. Well, that's why you'd get the bigger one. The Mobius, the Mobius. is the biggest oh, one. Uh, yeah, uh, there, I think you can have more than one on. I'd yeah, need to check. Not? I've never actually plugged one in. I'm actually not sure that you can. We'll, we'll do some research anyway. I mean, everybody who's listening to this is yelling down the phone at us. Yes! Yes, you can! Fools. Anyway, we also received um, my favourite thing that we received through the post this week. Oh, someone sent you some beer? No, no, oh, not okay. my favourite thing. <laughs> that is your favourite thing in the world. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you can have. Two, I think you can have two effects on at once with the. Yeah, probably with the Mobius. Probably. So the other thing uh, that we received is uh, is very important because it's a solution to a problem that. Um, Doesn't exist. All guitarists. I actually have no are, idea what you're talking about. Uh, I just thought that all funny. guitarists are suffering oh, from. Okay. <laughs> and that is um, plectrum storage. Okay. okay. Ah. Where are we going with this? Well, I'm talking, of course, about the Pickmate. I think it's pronounced Pickmata. Oh, it's yes, like, it is Pickmata. It's like the German right. drink. Oh, that would be so much better. I wish they'd thought of that. Pickmata would be excellent. But no, we're talking about the Pickmate. This is a, they're, they're like a made Mata. in USA plectrum holder. It's like a little plectrum shaped handbag. 
But What's that tiny. word that comes after the word genuine there? It says genuine leather. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Not very... Uh, you shouldn't even be touching that, Joe. Yeah. Not very... Look, I haven't gone of your... I haven't bought it, have I? God. But uh, but no, it's a, it's a little plectrum holder, so it can hold up to 10 plectrums. It's plectrum-sized. And uh, What if you use 0.38... Well, you can, you can get more. You can get more. Really? Yeah. How many? Yeah, uh, 20% more. Is that it? Because 50% more. <laughs> <laughs> what if you... Okay. But I did realise something about this uh, this plectrum holder. At first I was like... Because the idea of this, I should explain to the listener, is it's got some straps on it. And the idea is that you can strap it to the back of your headstock so that your plectrums are in, in easy reach. Because, of course, the other plectrum holders that, are, that you put on a guitar, you'd normally, like, stick them on with sticky uh, tape. Sticky, black, sticky back plastic. And that's going to damage your guitar. So these you just tie on. They've got, like, a little leather strap with a little buckle. Oh, that's made of leather as well, is yeah, it, Joe? I assume, I assume so. It Terrible looks like vegan. the flesh of a cow. You but, can also, um, if you're feeling fruity, you know, put them around your bicep like the ultimate could, warrior. Yeah, or around your head or neck. You can put them around your neck like a choker. <laughs> Let's not do that. The straps are actually quite tight, so we should not yeah, probably endorse that. we don't recommend that. that. But also, I noticed, at first I was like, but if you've got all your plectrums in here and they're on your headstock and you drop a plectrum, it's got like a button opening thing. So you're going to spend ages opening it, you know, probably longer than you would be fishing around in your pocket. So I was like, well, oh, I don't know about this. But then I realised it's got a little slit cut into the lid where you can where you can fit a little emergency plectrum <laughs> for, for quick release. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, my it's, God. There you go. So anyway, yeah. I thought they were pretty cool. They were pretty fun. They're, you know, I don't need to strap anything around my headstock, but, um, you know, they, they come in a choice of colours. Come at me they're... when they're doing their mushroom leather. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you don't mushroom have a problem with leather, leather then... Yeah. It's something that I've read about one of the like luxury I think Lexus now make uh, an optional extra for their leather they're like uh they're like top end luxury cars you can get mushroom, mushroom leather, leather seats rather than oh, that's, that's real that's leather nice. seats fellow who came up with that must be a fun guy cork oh my <laughs> god <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's... we're going to stop recording now that is oh. it everything's over yeah that was uh... That was a, a good one. Anyway, uh, on that note, we should uh, dive headfirst into a big fat barrel of news. So, first up on the. Don't news. give yourself much time there no, in between oh, the. We uh... you can, yeah, <laughs> we've been through this. <laughs> So one of our favourite companies, Metaverse, uh, are back with something new. Mark Packham, talk to me. They are indeed. Um, so Metaverse have announced the Air Trash, uh, which is a pedal, unsurprisingly. Um, and they describe it as a pedal for guitar or bass that sounds like absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> the, so this has come when, out of- When I read that first line, because I was reading it today, I was like, oh, is this another- April Fool's press release, but then I carried on. It's yeah, it not. was released like <laughs> a few days ago, so probably not an April first release. But um, so uh, they again describe breadboard explorations and integrated circuit abuse as being the uh, inspiration behind this. I guess what they're saying is they've just mashed a ton of stuff together in one pedal to see what happens, um, and uh, I guess it's a fuzz. But it's also doing like weird kind of chip tuny stuff. Mm. Um, it does just make your guitar sound bad, oh, and I love it. And ultimately, that's kind of what it looks like. It's that sort of for. bit crushy, low. Fi- totally. I mean, kind of a similar thing. Not not the method, but the end result is relatively similar to the sort sort of things you can get with a fuzzrocious uh, knob jorn. Yes, yes, similar to that. So. 
on the pedal itself, there are three controls, none of which are labelled as anything, and there's no... Uh, <laughs> it seems like there's no documentation about what they do. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing I really did like about the uh, description on the website is the uh, there's a paragraph that says, it works well with guitar or bass, but works well is in uh, speech marks. <laughs> um, the whole idea, and you know, it's classic kind of metaverse stuff. Is he's done something mad? It's up for you, to, up to you to kind of make of it what you will. It's not supposed to sound good. It's supposed to sound different, uh, and it definitely achieves that aim. Uh, he's just, he's just so funny. I, I mean, this, this is just he. Like someone who clearly doesn't take himself too seriously, yeah. he's he knows what his audience are. His audience, his people, the people that buy Matterverse pedals want pedals that sound bad, and so he's gone yeah. gone in. He's pushing people to the absolute <laughs> limits here. But I tell you what, it looks amazing. Well, I mean, the, his, I think the design is quality. His videos, again, you know, for me, it's the ultimate gear video. All the videos are a minute, always. They're always a minute. The pedal is on a little green screen, and then there's just mad videos in the background of like. He's got some stuff of like sixties dancers. Sometimes it's like the sea. I bet he signed up for some like stock, uh, uh, yeah. stock yeah. image, stock video that you can only get for free if it's sixty seconds or less. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely, <laughs> he's, love it. he's so good. So I, I had a brief chat with him uh, um, at Summerham this year, and he, I mean, he was super biz, so we didn't snam. hang around for too long. But he, he's. Do you mean Wunam? When you say Snam, do you mean Wunam? No, I mean Summerham. Oh. I don't, th- I don't Sunam think last I year. don't think I saw. Him. No, I think it was just Summonam. Right. Um and yeah, Matt, he's so lovely, super lovely, and the pedals are just bonkers. I I really like the droney stuff that they do. That he does like the the just the output. You know, there's no input. Right. I think that like because it's you know it's just super mad synth Very stuff. Cool. He's is the Mattverse stuff's wicked. Yeah, super duper cool. Um, where, what should we do next? Oh, uh, Jay. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of out of order of stuff because I'm I'm thinking we, we've not You're got a, out of order. a lot of time left. So I thought I'd, I'd, I'd pick the best bits. Jay, talk to me about USB power. <laughs> I'm out of time, so I'll pick the best stuff. I know what our audience really likes when we waste time talking about power supplies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Songbird Effects, a company that I hadn't heard of before, actually, um, have released some uh, very actually. Very cool accessories. Genuinely very cool. So um, what these are called are the bird cord voltage converters. And um, they do four models, a 6-volt, a 9-volt, a 12-volt, and an 18-volt. And on one end, they are uh, just standard jack inputs for guitar, uh, you know, um, power inputs. And on the other side, they are USB. And they will convert the 5-volt output that you get from a USB to either a 6, 9, 12, or 18 to let you power a pedal. Fantastic. That you, you know, so if you've got an 18-volt pedal but you don't have your 18-volt power supply, never fear. Unplug your iPhone. Just plug the uh, the uh, bird cord into your iPhone charger. Plug that into the wall. Bob's Sorry. your uncle. Nob's your buncle. You're playing your 18 volt pedal. In uh, in the example video, he was um, he was demonstrating it with a multi USB lithium power source. Okay. Um, so he was saying, look, you can bring this little brick of sort of preloaded USB power along, and he was plugging in a Is Roland. It like something that you just buy off Amazon, not like yeah. the Volto or anything no, like that. It was yeah, just an, it was like an unbranded black USB power source that you charge on a wall and then plug your USB devices in 
to recharge them. And he was using that and plugging in a Roland Street Cube. That's mad, isn't it? A, a RC3 yeah. and a wah pedal as well, because it, it could run off of all the... Uh, he was. It had enough outputs to do that, and so he was plugging. And he was trying. He was going. Look, this is a thing you can buy for twenty dollars off of Amazon. This is a, now a complete busking rig. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Totally. <laughs> and you know, if you're going to busk all day, just charge up. Like, just buy like four or five of those batteries. Charge them up. Job done. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, thing is, is uh, people will dismiss this as. Uh, something that's stupid and they will think that I'm being an idiot just talking about a weird accessory here. But genuinely, this is fantastic. It's great, yeah. This, cool is, this is a really, really cool product. And uh, fifth, uh, 17 euro is the, uh, yeah. the selling price on their website. So, I mean, I think this is quality. Really, really cool. And actually, they do some, they do some cool other stuff as well. We should... We should get in touch with these guys. Let's do some cool, some pedals, cool as well. looking stuff. Some pedals on there. A load of. I mean, I was I was looking at the accessories. Sure, but, you know, you do it, do it whatever floats your boat. Um, I tell you what floats my boat: accessories. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, very cool. So um um, also very cool. Joyo, super excellent budget pedal company who we've recently realised are not just like an average buddle buddle. A buddle. A buddle. A budget pedal company. They you know, they actually make really fantastic stuff and there's quite a lot of sort of thought and engineering and love for for the community going on, you know, within Joyo themselves have just released the D Seed Two, which is their dual channel digital delay. And this is kind of this is their timeline. This is their version of like a high budget all singing all dancing digital delay so you know whilst it's called a digital delay it's got um you know it, it will do analog it will do a, a tape effect it, it does like a filtered um delay and like a lo-fi you've got your shimmer on there um and a looper all built in um yeah and a dual foot switch which works well with the looper as well because it allows you to sort of play stop record and overdub separately it's cracking stereo in and out, which is wicked. All the demos sound great, like it sounds fine. It sounds like all those other, you know, shimmery, expensive digital delays. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I think it's nice that Joyo have brought something to the table for this. This is fine. This is good. This is their timeline. Absolutely fine. No problem at all. It's eighty nine dollars. That's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. I mean, that is, <laughs> it's, it's, even just looking at the picture, like the build of it looks amazing. The way that they've laid it out, you know. It, they've come on leaps and bounds, Joyo, from being a very budget pedal company. Yeah. Looking at that now, if you looked at that pedal, you would think that's a three, four hundred quid boutique. Yeah. I mean, that looks pedal. like it looks like a Meris. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Eighty nine dollars. Um, can I tell you my favourite bit about this little article that we've got up here is one of the features is set tap tempo with one foot. <laughs> Well, that's a shame because, because I actually prefer my pedals. So I have to set it with two feet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very yeah. used to having to jump up and down on a pedal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you know, there's not much more to say than that because, of course, it, it is. It does all the things that you expect one of these pedals um, to do. But um, man, I mean, for eighty nine dollars, why wouldn't you get this? I, I really think this is an alarming. I mean, that sounds it sounds too good to be true. Yeah. Like, I'd really like to hear this because that does sound. That sounds too good to it's, be true. It sounds great in the in the demos that I've heard. In the demos I've heard, they were a little light 
on showing us the shimmer, which is a feature. And of course, the shimmer is the one where it's the tracking on those octaving delays that's gonna like. Is that the one? Is that the one that's listed as space? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that they've also got they've got they've got a one of the the types of delay they've got in there which is called copy, which I think is really funny. It's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, reverse on there as well, which is really cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got yeah, everything yeah. you want. Everything you want that most companies charge you two hundred and fifty three hundred quid to get. This I think this is going to be really good. I'm really excited to um, to hear it. I need I need to get one. Can I, I just talk about something one. that you haven't put in the news rather than the thing that you have put in the news why, that you wanted me to talk about? Why not? Have we got time for one more thing? Uh, oh, we've actually... Yeah, we've got time. We've cool. got time. Um, so this week, and I'm sure we haven't talked about this already because it happened this week, Fender announced a uh, brand new signature model, Bass, which uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about. I'm surprised that neither of you picked this up, being that you work I for did, Fender I, I did and you see. love Bass. I did see. Fender announced a brand new Duff McKagan oh, signature model. I did model. see. I didn't... I didn't talk about it because essentially they've shoved a scratch plate on the old model. No, that's not true. There's also block inlays, which were not on the previous one. Has it still got the stupid plastic neck? I think it will still have a painted neck, yes, yeah. because it's based on the... ESP. <laughs> yeah, see you did there. based... Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so it's based on the, the one that he took on the road for the Appetite for Destruction tour. Um, and... Yeah, so uh, he says, at some point we went to get another bass, but we couldn't find a jazz special, so we went to Fender. Um, to flash forward, uh, be a Fender artist and have my own signature bass with this company is incredible. Don't know why he says that, considering he's, he's had already one. had a signature yeah, yeah, model. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's very much like his previous model. They've added a scratch plate. There's block inlays now, which I'm pretty sure there weren't before. It didn't have block inlays no. before. Um, and it actually looks a lot better. That was my main problem with the previous one. Apart from the fact I'm not a huge fan of the kind of painted neck, is I hated, I don't like... Fender bases without scratch plates. No, I didn't like the pearl white that it came this in. This is also in that finish. Yeah. But the black scratch plate does kind of help uh, disguise that in somewhat. Some yes. yeah. yeah, I think now it looks like I could see this in the hands of some like modern metal bands now. Whereas I think before it was no, like, unless you were in a, a Guns N' Roses band. I don't think even metal bands, I think anyone who's using a P bass could use this. Sure, the problem I, with the one before is. I think it was, it yeah. It looks so heavy. 80s. Yeah, it was well 80s, and it was like hard rock and metal, I yeah. think, would be your things that you'd use it for. This looks cool. Anything with block inlays, you know, I'm up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, have we talked about how uh, absolutely minted Duff McKagan is and how smart he is. No. So We all met him once. Did you? I met him. I've met him. He was at the shop. Yeah. He came and did a signing. Were you there at that point? I didn't work, but I came. Oh right, yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, I I lived up, I lived on North Road at the time, and right. uh, I was uh, the uh, the disruption that it caused to the street with Appetite all the people uh, lining up the lining up the road uh, was irritating. Uh, but no, I didn't work there at the time. Right. But anyway, I put um, it this before we get into that. Put it this way: Duff was very upset by the state of the staff toilets. <laughs> Um, so he, when did they he were leave? Bad, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, when At that he, time, yes. When did he leave Guns N' Roses? Nineteen ninety-seven. I'm going to say. Is it ninety-seven? Let's have a quick look at the lineup. Um, I reckon ninety-eight. I'm going ninety-eight. Hello. Um, 
not very good at this. Man looks a computer on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lineup chat. Where's just show me the show me the diagram. That's There's what too many people okay, like, from Guns matter. and Roses. Yeah. That's the problem. There's too many. No, he, to, no, no, no. That's exactly what you want. Guns and Roses members. Here we go. Oh yeah, you're right. There's no diagram. <laughs> Duff McKagan. Uh, he. What did you say? I said 98. I said 98. He left in 97. Oh, yes. Like damn it. Um, so he le- he left in 1997. Um, and I think at the time was. Uh, I think, was it then replaced by Tommy Stinson? Tommy Stinson joined in 1998 and then was in the band until 2014. So Tommy Stinson has been in Guns N' Roses for longer than Duff McKagan ever has, right. um, <laughs> which is quite funny. But, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, um, so Duff McKagan left in 1997 and in 1994, do you know what he did with his Appetite for Destruction money? What? Uh, he invested $100,000 in Microsoft, Amazon, and Starbucks. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this was after he... I think it was after he um, he left to do a business... Uh, he's like a an NBA. He's like, apparently a really smart he fella. He plays in NBA. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, very, he's also very tall, which is really <laughs> surprising. Yeah, he's really tall. Um, but, yeah, by all accounts, wicked geezer. Really wicked geezer. Oh, so, wonderful. yeah, very interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess, do we have time to talk we, about We these? do have time. We do have time. I only meant I was, you know, going to cut out a couple of the lesser good ones, but uh, we haven't actually cut anything now, have okay. we? Okay. No, 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 no not at all. Um, so just sticking with Fender, um, a bunch of other stuff that announced this week. In fact, actually, I'd, as we talk, I don't think it's announced, but by the time this podcast comes out, it would have been announced. Oh, wonderful. So you two are getting a sneak peek. Um, so uh, the next in the line of the alternate reality guitars uh, came so out this we've week. We've seen these already. So we've we? seen these. Um, as as you had the Duff, actually, the Duff was uh, shown at uh, Winternam. Oh, was and it? He, yeah, and he, he did like just a, ignored it. He did a and a as well right. on, the, on the booth. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, the 66, which is the... Um, the scaled down jazz bass body um, on a strat with an HSS. Really cool. I really like it. Oh, it's a scaled down jazz bass body. I yeah, never did get, that. Get with it, Grandma. I never put two and two together with that. I understand now. I thought it was just copying a the weird, Music a Man strat. Stingray. No, no, no. It's it's actually a, it's fully just a jazz bass yeah, scaled down to the that. size of a size of a strat. Um, I think they look great. The Daphne Blue one for me is just absolutely oh, yeah. phenomenal. Really, cool. really cool looking. Um, and I also really like the the natural one. Um, it just it looks like that first jazz bass that I had the uh, the vintage modified seventies jazz bass you know big headstock yeah they've gone for the big headstock which definitely suits having that sort totally. of extended lower bit that you get on the jazz bass body yeah totally I th- I think I think it looks uh, absolutely great very um, cool and then a couple of um, really unusual pickup configuration though well the HSS yeah but with two sort of telecastery lipsticky yeah i guess I, I i can't remember what those neck pickups are actually let's uh it's they maybe they are uh i wonder if they are telly neck pickups i think they are actually i think you're right uh, it's a uh, player series single coil telly pickups oh those are really yeah. good actually the the the, the player series pickups are yeah are really good um that i mean there was such a jump over the old standard pickups oh absolutely i mean so, anything would be over yeah, ceramic yeah, yeah. pickups there's not enough vintage lacquer going on for me in all the new fender stuff yeah i i think it's um you Everything know it's a bit pale well i think it's quite expensive 
yeah. the, the vintage lacquer to do. Um, it's not very in vogue either. I understand no, it's not. You know, I, I think that's the other side of it is what if people want a darker looking neck, yeah. they want a roasted neck. That's true. Rather than, oh, a, I guess that's rather true. than a vintage lacquer. Yeah. And I think that vintage lacquer is just often it's just a bit too thick for a lot of people. Yeah. So I um, I just remembered something talking about roasted. I remembered something else that I played at the weekend. I. Uh, <laughs> 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 Got the voice. Yeah, fine. Carry on. Um, I played one of the Novo guitars. Oh, yeah. Um, which is oh, the, yeah. the guy that started. Fano, Fano uh, went, has gone on to do his own another new company. Um, there was one at the studio. Oh really? Um, yeah, Neil's oh, got man. one, does he? Yes, in fact, he traded a Fano for a, a Novo. A Novo. I'll tell you what, they're turning up everywhere at the yeah. moment these days. Really good. Um, the only people side have been is, talking about them on the group as well. Yeah, yeah. Like the can... only downside for me is obviously I'm quite a short man, and the body is massive. They are. They oh, are really? Uh, they're huge. Yeah, they're like yeah. Um, they've got that kind of uh, like Gibson L6s kind yeah. of feel to them oh, right okay they feel like they were a smaller guitar and then a giant sort of trod on them and squished them out sideways a bit but well, they, they weren't they're not thin though they're quite thick as well aren't um they? not super thick i would say mm. um but the thing that really impressed me was the neck the neck was so good um and they're roasted maple really and i'm, I'm slowly coming around to that being the best for me the best option for neck and fretboard. whoa mark Packham's changing his mind on something yeah yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I've, I would kind of prefer a kind of satin finish anyway. I know you hate that and you would like a kind of vintage lacquer, which yeah. is not for me at all. But ro- the roasted necks just feel so good. And, we, you know, we've talked about it on the James Valentine stuff before uh, and uh, all the Ernie Ball stuff, actually. But, yeah, on this Novo, it felt incredible. Yeah. Didn't get to plug it in, unfortunately. And also it was in a stupid tuning and I couldn't be bothered to tune <laughs> it up. Um, it was in like... Dad Gad or one of those ones that you idiots use. Um, <laughs> that was that was the the most elaborate unit yeah, you like, could think of on the fly, wasn't it? Yeah, ridiculous. But, okay. um, but it felt amazing. Really good. Cool. Yeah, they are super cool guitars. Um, uh, so just another couple of uh, Fender series yeah. coming out. So um, some super, super limited and sorry to our uh, North American and South American listeners here. Ah. Uh, these are, I think they're EMEA exclusive. What's EMEA? Europe, Middle East and Africa, which e- is the e- part of Fender e- I work for. Oh, yeah. 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 Take the first letter from each of those I always things. think that Europe starts with a U. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't keep that one. U-M-E-A. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so uh some um the indigo hybrid series which is um a uh strat a telly a jazz master and a jazz bass right. in a um really lovely like deep indigo color um it looks i think fantastic i'm just going to turn my computer so joe can see it um, oh, it's that it's goddamn anemic maple necks again. It is super anemic maple necks, and it's got pearl uh, pearlescent uh, uh, plate. Which <laughs> I think they look amazing, and it's um, unusually for made in Japan stuff. It's a nine point five inch radius, Ooh. so as opposed to the seven point two five that a lot of the sure. kind of traditional stuff comes through. Big U shaped neck and uh, American vintage pickups. So really cool looking, uh, really cool sounding pickups. Um, they look fantastic, and it's not it's it's not huge money. They're about a grand, um, and just something different from Japan, which is cool. Oh, and cool. the most exciting thing for me that's that's uh, again I don't think properly announced. So. 
Uh, I did check. It's all right. I can talk about yeah, these though. Great. I checked with my boss beforehand. Um, the mahogany blacktop. So the blacktop series of guitars, fantastic. Which came they out. Great they were they came great. The first time they were really really cool. Uh, the the thing that I loved most about that uh, the blacktop series was with the telly, the control plate was reversed, which is a, such a common mod anyway. Super common mod. Super common mod. So you Ex- could just... explain what the blacktop are to listeners in case they don't know. Uh, they're strats and tellys that have a, a black plate instead of a. And they were humbuckers, yes. yeah, yeah. And they were humbuckers. Um, so you know, I was just, I was just trying to, just trying to make you feel uncomfortable. There. You were joshing. I was. With I was. Me. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was a really cool series. And basically, they've been brought back with uh, mahogany bodies. So um, only available strats at the moment, but uh, mahogany bodies with uh, so three models, uh, like a cherry red with uh, chrome um, uh, chrome pickups. Black with gold pickups and gold hardware or um, Arctic white, I think, or no, not Arctic white, like a cream finish. I don't know exactly what it's called uh, with uh, sort of th- antique ivory. I guess something like that. I don't know exactly what it's called. Um, it might be Olympic white. Can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, white-ish sure. with three gold humbuckers. Uh, all of these have got black headstocks with gold logos. Um, and yeah, they sound amazing. They weigh like an absolute ton. Wonderful. That's it's a that's proper solid mahogany. I mean, I mean, after I tell you what, the um, those troublemakers, the troublemaker tellies that came out at the yeah. um, which we uh, raved about, Love which those. were fantastic guitars. Basically, if you wanted something like that, but it was a strat, that's what this is going to be. And again, they're super, super limited. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And yeah, like I said, I do apologize again. I think these are Europe exclusive, uh, because they were designed by um. Well, partly me and wow. a couple of the other people who work in the office. So very exciting to be involved in that. So yeah, um, check it out. I'll, I'll post something in the group when they when they drop because I'm very excited that they are finally out because they have been like 18 months in the making and I haven't <laughs> been able to talk to anyone about them. So yeah, really excited about this. Oh, awesome. Super cool. Well, that is it for us here on the regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. We'll be continuing over on our Patreon where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early $5 a month uh, gets you the Patreon episode, the Hall of Fame, loads of other sort of early stuff, my occasional musings and $10 a month makes you an executive producer and gets your name read out in one fiery breath by me. Okay. Are we, are we doing, <coughs> have you got a backing track? Yeah, I I've probably got, can't sing it. I've got a backing track. Do it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> this is the, uh, the air, metaverse. air trash. The so metaverse you've got, that means you've got to do it in under a minute. Go. Andy Joyce, John Anglin, Adam Royce, Chris, Jake Cutmore, Robert Cousins, Rob Groove, Scott Hamilton, Tucker Amadon, Ernie Cooper, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Edge, Rob Grant, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Emery James Baker, Juan Correa, Aaron Sermon, Blake Wyland, Andrew Goody, Jamie Kemp, Jake Gray, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Losas, Ansams, Robin Smith, Derek Ritz, Chris Connors, Rob Nordwick, Duncan Watson, Ed Bradley, Steve Markle, DJ Marcross, Michael McC- Bray, Carlos Manta, Andrew McKenzie, Brad Page, Blair Toms, Scott O'Brien, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clem, Moo Gromit, Phil Thompson, Adrian Dyke, and Sears, Matthew King, Stuart Tate, Scott Tate, Sean Arbo, Christopher Wilbur, Chopperson! <sighs> 
It's the sound of my nightmares and not even that metaverse thing, just Joe talking. Should have done this. Should have done this. This is good. No, not that one. No. Well, you know, there's there's always next week. Oh, this one's fantastic. (sighs) What do you think that is? It's the Miku, isn't it? It is the uh, double gate drone into the Miku. It's so good. Wonderful. Anyway, that's it from us. Uh, We'll see you next week. Farewell. Live long, dudes. Bye.